Hi, this is Brian Duncan, personal friend of Wild Man and Steve. That's who you're listening to, by the way. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wild Man and Steve show starts right now. surprise for you this evening and boy do i have a surprise for you this is just an amazing surprise you do you have any idea how nervous that makes me yeah that's my whole goal that's why i do what i do you know that's the whole purpose you know so you know we we've been experimenting how to open a show with all the different episodes we've been doing different creativity is what we're about right that's that's who we are that's what we say anyhow yeah so um, today, I, I I just had to do this. Um, are you familiar at all? Now you're you're a teacher, so you might be familiar with this. Um, the excusegoose.com. Are you familiar with that? Excusegoose.com. No, I do not know. Excusegoose.com. See, what it is is it's a website that you can go to that will give you an excuse if you can't think of one yourself. I love it. So if you like the, the general thing they say is I, you know, I can't come into work. Right. So what you do is you click generate and listen, it honks like a goose. You wait about 10 seconds and here it comes. I can't come into work today because I need to, I, I need to have, I need to have a hard think about my life. Wow. Yeah. Hit it. It honks. Does it again, and what do we got? It's coming, and because uh, somebody stole my GameCube, and I'm about to crack the case. Wow. Okay. So it's an hey. excuse generator. That's what yes. you're saying. Excuse you generator. generator. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, my my thought is, why do they even? I mean, you you can't come up with some of this on your own, but you know. That, that that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the, the one that, that when I was trying this out before the show, um, just seeing what it did, the one that came up that just really stuck out in my mind was somebody saying, I can't come into work today because my little kids glued biscuits to my face. That is hilarious. Yeah. That so, is hilarious. you know, you, you may want to like, if, if your students give you an excuse next time, you may be able to track it down and say, wait, a minute, I know where this came from. Yeah. Here, here, here's the thing, though. Here's, here's the problem I have with that, okay? I like to come up with my own excuses. I am my own man. I don't like to follow <laughs> what other people are saying. I'm not a follower. Oh, I know, okay? I know. And we've, already, we've already established that on this show, Steve. You do what you do. We know do that. You. Yeah, you do what you do. But I'm definitely not a follower. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, you're not a follower at all, Mr. Segway, the one that always loves to find some way to connect what we're talking about to the guests that we have. Um, and so you're really not a follower. I'm not a follower, except 
when it comes to Jesus. There you go. Very good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Segway has struck again because with us tonight is Dean Rebhorn from the Band Follower. Dean, how are you doing? And welcome to the show. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yes. Now, we're always amazed after we introduce the show, we kind of always want to nervously check back to see if the guest is still with us or if they if they decided to bail after we introduced the show. Well, I was here, but I had some biscuits that were stuck to my face. And oh. so I had to go because they were quite hot and were burning my skin. So... <laughs> you know what? Hey, if, if, if. <laughs> If that becomes your next hit single, you know, we need to get the credit for it. Okay, biscuits on my face. I like yeah, it. Or <laughs> burning flesh, something like that. That's probably what we're going to Tell us, um, first of all, um, our listeners always love to hear about um, history and, and musicians. And so what was it that got you involved in music in the first place? Well, four score and a billion years ago, <laughs> <laughs> since they like history. Yeah. Uh, I, I grew up uh, in a musical family. I played cello for 11 years while I was in junior high, high school and a couple years of college. I was a music major playing cello. And uh, liked it, but I kind of got sick of the music, to be honest with you. I always wanted to be in a band. I loved uh, electric light orchestra and uh, stuff like that kind of music. And uh, so when it didn't really come about that I was going to be playing that kind of music a whole lot, uh, I kind of laid that uh, cello down and I switched to guitar and self-taught that way and really got into playing guitar. Uh, So I've always had a music background, so to speak. But uh, if you'd have told me I'd ever end up songwriting <laughs> and being lead singer and guitarist in a band, I'd have thought you'd have been crazy back then. Oh, so 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 what made that happen? I know a little bit of your story. You and I uh, actually have a connection that goes back uh, quite a number of years. But uh, <laughs> how did how did follower happen? I mean, how follower happened. Uh, God started putting. I was working at a. Uh, Let's see, how do I say this? A Fortune 500 company, pharma company in Indianapolis with red letters and script letters, five letters, uh, for a long time. And I kind of got poisoned. Uh, I was just feeling, I just wasn't feeling like that was the place I needed to be anymore after 20 years uh, in a career there. And God was putting a passion for to do something else one-on-one, more, more with uh potential you know changing of lives or whatever just more connected with with him and with the community Mm. and uh 
So I had kind of been going through a battle of the corporate world versus doing something definitely more related, streamlined with God. And, uh, and uh, well, <laughs> after about a year uh, of this struggle within, um, I was uh, had a chance to get a, a, a release from uh, that uh, Fortune 500 company and get a severance package. And uh, it was very improbable, not probable, that that was going to happen. God started putting string things together in my life. And long story short, oh, my goodness, I actually got offered a severance package. I hadn't been there long enough to officially get one and all that. You have to be there 25 years. I'd only been there 22. So I was like, okay, this just isn't going to happen. I was kind of really down about it. But God loosened up those ends and tied them together. And sure enough, I got offered a severance package, took it glowingly. <laughs> and uh, um, so all these other things about uh, getting a band started in the back of my mind kind of started also coming to fruition at the same time. There was a guy at that workplace um, named Greg. I'll just leave it at that. And he challenged me one day while we were working and said, you know, Dean, I, you're a believer, right? It's like, well, yeah, Greg, I'm a believer. And then he said something that really stuck. He said, well, you remember the demons believe too. Mm. And they shuddered. Mm. And it really, you know, I knew that from scripture, obviously, but just it really struck me. And so the whole thing of the word follower, the name follower for the future band was based on that. Because he was saying, you know, you have to be a follower, not just a believer. The, the Bible says believer you know, many, many, many times, but in the context, if you take it in full, you know, even Satan and demons believe that God is God and they shudder, right? Right. Following, taking action and putting, you know, really it's, it's a surrender, but yet an action at the same time. Amen. Sure. And, and so, you know, what a great band name follower. Boom. That started. And uh, over, over about 10 years since I went to this thing called a great banquet, maybe you've heard of that. <laughs> um, funny story on that was I really changed my life. But when I got in the car afterwards to drive home or go home, I kind of made a challenge to God, which is something you really don't really want to do in hindsight sometimes, you know? And I said, you know, if, if, if this is really for real and I just surrender my life to you and you're for real and I really love music, right? I'm, I'm really into music. I'm going to turn on the radio and there just has to be a song. I'm going to turn it to Christian radio. And I said, if, if, if a song, if you can show me God, a song on radio, Christian radio, that's just as good as secular music. I will listen to it for the rest of my life. <laughs> wow. This is nuts. <laughs> but like I said, beware when you challenge God, right? Yeah. So I turn on the radio, you know, I'm thinking like, okay, it's going to be Amy Grant or something, or, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that as Jerry Seinfeld would say. But I, I just I just wasn't, you know, it's really a challenge not expecting it to come to fruition. Oh, my goodness. I turn on the radio. DC Talk comes on hmm. with a song called It's My Will. Yeah. yeah. I'd never heard it. Right. And I turn it on. I just crank it up. And I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious. Are you kidding me? This is as good or better than anything on secular radio. It blew me away. And so just that one thing really actually, in hindsight, kind of started 10 years prior, started this whole ball rolling with the Christian band. And as time kept rolling on and I'm listening to corporate radio, let's say, mainstream, 
turning more and more to worship, 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 three, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm offending, but three words and three chords, you know, again and again and again, there's a place for that, right? For sure. But it, as, as it took over, I was just like, okay, this isn't, this is all going on at my, at my time at my pharmaceutical place. But as this is going on, I'm like, this, this just isn't feeding me personally, I know. And I was like, there's so many lost people out there that mm. don't want to turn on a radio and don't, aren't in the mood to say, oh, Lord, praise you. It's, it, you know, you're, you're bringing wonderful things into my life. And they're just the challenge of Christianity and the path and all that was just like missing. So God just kind of put it on my heart to start writing music out of the blue. And uh, follower band became follower band to fill the void, basically, so to speak. I can see clearly now. I have your eyes. You laid down your life and ended mine. Now everything's changing. Priorities Kind of contrasting some of the, the lyrics of, of maybe worship songs, worship choruses, that kind of thing. Um, it has immediately put in mind of uh, Glenn Kaiser. Uh, we had on the show uh, in um, 2020 from uh, Res Band Resurrection. Great, Band. And that's one of the things that Glenn was saying. Uh, even back in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. he, said, you know, he wanted to write music that really addressed people in their real lives, Absolutely. where they are, the things that they're going through. Um, and, and, and I think you're right. I think there's a place for just just the praise, straight up praise. I mean, goodness, go to the Psalms, and, and, and some, some of the Psalms are really just straight praise. That's great. But there are also those Psalms that deal with the harder things, too. And so I know that's what Glenn was, was uh, really passionate about with his music, Res Band, and his solo stuff as well. So when you write, and I really want to think lyrically here for a moment, what are you really thinking about or what are you trying to achieve lyrically uh, with the follower songs? Well, this deep answer is going to disappoint you. (laughs) I really don't. It's really strange. Songs come to me in, in five and ten minutes, and I have my little cell phone in my hand, and if I don't sing the lyrics or, you know, say the lyrics into the phone, they're kind of gone. <laughs> so I always make sure I have that ready. Uh, and God puts a thought or a just something in my spirit. And I know it needs to get out and be written. It's very strange. Oftentimes, believe this is hilarious. It happens in the shower a lot. 
<laughs> so make sure you don't get your phone wet out there, but always got to have that cell phone there. And I don't know, it like speaks to me through water or something. Maybe it's because I'm an Aquarius or something. I have no idea. But um, that's how when, when I write, that's how it, how it happens. You know, and I've heard some other you know, famous writers say that that happens to them, too. Other people are very calculated and almost mathematical about writing. So there's, you know, different means for different people. But that's how God speaks through me. It's, and then I know at the end, <laughs> this is the great part of it. I know it's not from me. Yeah. I can't write a song in five or ten minutes and sculpt it like that and be done. Like even the music in my head and stuff. Like where's that coming from? That's not coming from me. So that's, that's the beauty of I know if it, if, if it took me three hours to write a song, I know it was like me trying to say something I want to, I want to say or something like that. When it just rips out like that, it's just, it's gotta be from God. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's an awesome feeling when it's, when it's completed 15 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And, and now some people out there may listen to our music and go, yeah, it sounds like you wrote in 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay. But uh, honestly, our feedback is we that we don't get a lot of that. We get a lot of wow, this is very scripture infused, and I mean, and that's the point. I mean, why why have Christian music if it's not scripturally infused, so to speak? You know, exactly. So, yeah, that that's very encouraging to hear you say that. That you know, because you know, a lot of times people like to separate Christianity or not just music, but just elements of Christianity from the scripture, which it's not possible to do that because that's yeah. that's where the strong connection is. They call me crazy. They call me insane. They tell me something must be wrong inside my brain. Indoctrination about what I'm to believe. Man-made theology does nothing but if you want to call me crazy, just call me crazy. Your evolutionary line is not the one who made me. I keep on pushing to find the narrow way. You tell your sheeple everything they do. So you mentioned about the feedback. How is it that you have, um, I guess a couple questions. The first question is, be, before COVID, how, how were you able to uh, engage with the, the fans of those who are listening? And during COVID, how has that been a challenge for you? Well, before this wonderful pandemic, uh, it was basically we'd get email, uh, obviously interaction at shows, things like that. Uh, people would come up at shows and obviously they give you feedback and say, you know, oh, I, I knew a guy who played your song called Follower uh, at like for seven days in a row on his deathbed because he loved the song that much and he wanted to go out that way listening to it. And that, I mean, if that doesn't blow you away, wow. Things like that. Or, you know, I, I was there was a, a lady that came up to us and said, you know, I've been dating this guy for seven years. He won't make a commitment. And I heard one of your songs uh, about God being first in my life and not my spouse or, or whatever. And she said, you know, I, and this this may not sound great as an ending, but I knew I had to leave him because he we weren't yoked 
Christianity wise, and he was stringing me along. And it was your song. Well, that God spoke to me that I need to find a Christian man and I, you know, do it through him. So just things like that, they, you know, it blows you away. It's better than having a platinum album because you know you've impacted the kingdom for God through things that he's doing through you. So it's just awesome. It's, it's great to be a, to plant seeds, as we say. any younger listeners um, <laughs> like orchestra kiddies um, but you mentioned ELO and I, actually Wildman and I were talking uh, before you, you came on uh, we were talking about the albums and um, I hear a lot of stuff in both of us Wildman and I will often listen for influences things that we pick up uh, in in music and I definitely heard a lot of, of some, some 80s stuff. There, there's some nice bluesy stuff uh, mm-hmm. uh, that I heard um, in, uh, especially your, uh, I think it's your 2015 album. I heard some, some bluesy stuff in there. Um, but definitely heard some 80s stuff. And at one point, I, I, I was saying to Wildman, I said, I, I could almost hear some of it. It made me think of Miami Vice <laughs> at night. John Johnson, great. Yeah, this is great. I, I, I could see Crockett and Tubbs, right? So you talked to us a little bit lyrically, um, and, and anybody can go on followerband.com and uh, check out the uh, the bios uh, of, of you guys, um, and, and you'll talk about some of your influences uh, on, on the website there. But um, tell us a little bit more about your musical influences, you personally or uh, other guys in the band. Well, without a doubt, it's good that you're hearing classic rock because that's basically what we were kind of trying to bring back. Not not on purpose, kind of trying to contemporize it. Contempt is that a word? You're you're a Latin teacher. That works, man. Contemporize <laughs> it. We'll just say that it's a word, uh, and and kind of bring it up to speed with with new, you know, like a Paul Reed Smith guitar versus a, a Gibson Les Paul or something sound. But generally, of course, we're you know kind of classic rock based. Um, and the thing is, that's the other thing, honestly, that was missing in a lot of the Christian radio that I was listening to after, like I was talking about before, guitars are gone. <laughs> I mean, they're like EQ'd out. They're in most bands, anything you hear on the radio today, it's like, well, it, it, there's no song. There's no, there's no ins- real instruments being played uh, that I hear anyway. They're all EQ'd out or, you know compressed out or whatever and so we're trying to bring like you know talented instrumental 
instrument sound back to, to music because that's what makes it listenable, you know? And we purposefully kind of mastered uh, our CDs. Uh, Jeff Deal, our, our awesome producer, classic rock guru, mastered them with like Headspace. Uh, you guys probably know what I'm talking about. It gives, a, it gives the room to breathe in the music. If you turn on a, a modern or you play a modern CD or an MP3 and you turn it up, you're just blasted in the face with sound, right? It's whoever can be louder on the radio that seems to like do well or whatever. Mm. Um, mastering it with headspace, you can turn it up and actually hear the small things going on musically and still enjoy the music that doesn't blow your ears off. So that's one of the purposeful things we did. Um, me personally, um, my first concert I ever went to was a Brian Adams concert. He opened up for Journey at Holman Center in Terre Haute, 1983, and I was just blown away. I was like, Journey, I didn't care, whatever. <laughs> Brian Adams was awesome, just went incredible. And so um, he was a huge influence. Like, I'd listen to what my older brother really listened to a lot, Sticks, Yellow. Um, trying to think of who else. I wasn't really a Kiss guy or, you know, a, a heavier rock kind of thing, kind of guy, but... Uh, those were influences for me. Brian Adams, really straightforward rock, but yet kind of exciting, <laughs> I guess, so to speak, and all that. I mean, when you're, self, when you're teaching yourself how to play guitar, you need to learn rhythm, easy rhythm, and he makes that music uh, come alive. John Cougar Mellencamp, on a, another guy that, you know, just basic chord structure, but yet every song kind of sounds different and still sounds awesome. So those are influences for me personally i didn't have a whole lot of, i didn't listen to christian music growing up <laughs> so mm -hmm. so uh, christian christian music wise when i first turned over to christian radio and god <laughs> god whooped me on that challenge uh switchfoot was a huge band that was just kind of starting so to speak um uh really influenced me grandma train with uh, pete stewart uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, he, uh, ended up being in a band with Tate, Michael Tate and band called Tate, those mm -hmm. kind of influences and that kind of music replaced what I was listening to and really got me going, especially third day and, and Tate and the newsboys, things like that. So Mercy me, or to me would be about the next best thing today that they have, or at least maybe a few years back, um, right. Their early stuff, casting crowns, early stuff. It seems like corporate radio kind of grabs these guys and kind of changes their music over time. But maybe that's just me. Yeah. Well, you know, when you mentioned that, that's kind of what I was going to follow up with, because you mentioned when you mentioned the idea, first of all, I'm, I'm a guitarist as well. So I love the idea that when I hear when I heard you say that there's no guitar, I'm like, yes, that, that's the biggest <laughs> problem that's out there, you know, and because, uh, you know, we all know that the guitar was just dropped down from heaven by God <laughs> by a lightning bolt and I mean you know because if you if you take the music that I like and take the music that Steve likes and what you're talking about and you remove the guitar what do you have I mean you know you really don't have much left you know so so the, the question is you mentioned about it being EQ'd out and I follow that as well and I am just being in my analytical mind I always just I always want to ask the question why so why do you think, why do you personally think that has taken place? Do you have any thoughts on that? I wish I knew. Uh, I think just the overall sound uh, that we're going more toward worship and all that is a safe thing. 
I don't know if that has to do with advertisers want nothing that's controversial. Okay. Um, and also, it's probably because if you're going to be singing these songs in church, churches, and the worship bands have to know the music, not all the time are there the greatest, you know, professional musicians and worship leading and worship bands and stuff like that. Not, you know, they're fine. They do what they do. But it's also easier for a congregation to learn a song that has few words sung 24 times during the same song. <laughs> and it's just replicatable easily, I guess. And there aren't a lot of great guitarists anymore out there, especially ones that want to play Christian music. So I think just attrition of people that know how to play guitar and especially want anything to do with Christian music. And there's a lot behind that. I, I can't blame a lot of them, but that, I think that's why personally, that's just my thought. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I mean, there, I mean, I, I've had several thoughts. I, I remember when I was in college and we used to make the joke because coming out of the synthesizer era and all that, <laughs> I used to joke. I said, you know, one day the you know, auditoriums are going to be filled with people watching a box. <laughs> you know, the box is going to do everything, you know, <laughs> and and I think that technology has um, contributed a lot to this, where we have the convenience of technology, where technically, you know, anybody can get a program, write a song and not play one, not play or even sing one note and they can, it can do it all for them. And I think just like any other level of technology right now, it's almost, this is my personal opinion. It's almost got to that point where it's so convenient that you don't have to do much that it's, it's it, I'm getting the sense that it's starting to bounce back the other direction and the pendulum mm. is starting to swing back the other way because we've gone so far one direction we can't go much further <laughs> with the convenience of technology we have right now that I think that people want to hear um, heartfelt music that somebody wrote um, the, the person is playing the instrument as you say um, you know going back to even um, Andre Segovia, going back to him as the classical guitarist, the first classical guitarist, basically, who said, who, who used the analogy of that the guitar should be up against your chest because it should be your heart that it's that is the motivation that where it's coming from. Yeah. And and that's what I think in so many words, I'm trying to say that we're missing some of that in music today. It doesn't mean that it's all gone out of it, but I think we're missing some of that when everything can just be quote unquote programmed. It's being sterilized. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's well, sad. I mean, the music no. is what, music does something that nothing else can do. It can penetrate your heart like nothing else can. You really can't deny music and rhythm and beats. Our bodies are made in correspondence with that. I truly believe God made music to penetrate our souls. I know in memorizing scripture and stuff i'm horrible at memorizing scripture right if i hear it in a song todd mm -hmm. agnew also a huge influence on me todd agnew a great songwriter he he can sing isaiah 49 it's the entire scripture passage and i know it because i know the words from his song mm -hmm. and, and that's that's just a beautiful thing <laughs> yes I know. yeah if, if, really, if it's scripture based, yeah, you use a powerful word there. You, you talked about it being sterilized, and you think about sterilization of an animal or a human being. What does that produce? 
It produces a creature that cannot make life. Well, music is about life, right? So you sterilize it. There it is. You've, you've taken the life out of it. But I want to come back. You know, you, you use the word corporate a couple of times. And, and I've heard you speak about this before. And, um, you know, back you kind of want to take you in to get on, on K-Love, you know, to kind of get the, uh, the big play. Positive radio. <laughs> what do you think about, though, this aspect of technology that it seems like there are increasing venues and, and, and avenues for people to get their music? So it doesn't just have to be, say, the, the K-Love station uh, in their area or, or even radio that much at all, uh, whether it's, again, YouTube, Spotify, whatever. Do you think that helps, perhaps, not only the Christian artists, but also the artists like, like Follower, trying to make some real music, not being pushed by a corporate uh, agenda to be this formulaic sort of thing. Do you think those other avenues really help you to then get your kind of music out? Or do you say, nah, that's really bad, <laughs> all, all these other things? <laughs> there, there's definitely good independent music out there, Christian and otherwise. The issue is finding it. People don't have time in their daily lives today to go out most of the time and, and find these kinds of bands that aren't pushed by corporate mainstream radio. Um, I know uh, I know several bands that are so good that should should definitely be on radio that aren't, including that follower band. And uh, <laughs> did I say that out loud? And it's. It, it's it's just it it um, the other issue I guess is like things like Spotify and Rhapsody. I'm sorry, they're killing music. There's no profit for for artists anymore. I mean, honestly, I remember reading something about Pharrell uh, doing the Happy Song or whatever it was he wrote. He sold like. 13 million single mp3 downloads or something of that and i think it was he made like seven thousand dollars on it because you know he they just got a fraction i know we're on spotify a few songs and we get like 0. 0.002 cents <laughs> cents not dollars yeah. every spin so to speak right so people are paying ten dollars a month they get all the music in the world and and the artists get you know, nada, <laughs> and Spotify makes ten million dollars a month or whatever, right? So the 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 uh, I'm getting capitalism mixed in now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> the incentive to to have new music by new people and to learn instruments and play it, especially Christian music, as it's waning and weaning and getting killed off, it's it's not there. So yes, there are small amounts of outstanding independent music you can go and find and dig on and dig out. People don't, on the other hand, people don't have the time. They want the mainstream easy thing, whatever's on radio quickly. Um, if you have the time, then you, then you can go get the MP3s and don't listen to radio anymore. I know several people, a lot of our fans do that because they don't want Christian radio terrestrial radio but boy you really got to want to do that and you really got to dig to get it so it's out there it's not being pushed I, I remember when I was growing up you know every weekend radio stations of, of any type 
would push, hey, let's talk, let's go over the calendar of who's playing live this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Have you, mm-hmm. what's it been? 15, 20 years since you ever heard anybody about, hey, go see such and such and such band locally this weekend at your, at your, in your community and stuff. It just, it's not pushed. So it's extremely hard as an independent, non-labeled band to, to, to get through. Extremely difficult. Well, I, I wish you were the first person to have said that on our show. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I think maybe the first person who said it on our show was uh, Rex Carroll. Uh, yeah. Yeah. On, and, and so many since then have said the exact same thing. And I know we always follow that up by saying, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, buy the band's music. Get out there. <laughs> Buy it. If you like the bands, you support the bands, you go, man, I'm a big fan. I, I love these guys. Then buy the music. We buy the Starbucks. We buy the Diet Coke at McDonald's. We have no problem doing that kind of stuff. Drop your 99 cents. Download the song. Actually buy the stuff, folks. It, it supports the artists that we love. We don't mind doing it in any other aspect of our lives. Do it with the music. But when it's next to free, who's going to do that? People will plop down seven bucks for a coffee. They won't put down five bucks for a CD. And what's a CD? <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's the other thing as an artist. Let me tell you. Oh, wow. To, to, to spend this much time and effort in a professional studio to get as awesome of a sound as you can create and make, to hear it on an MP3 compressed, and that's what people prefer, that's like a dagger in the heart trust me every musician knows what I'm talking about listeners would be interested to know you just mentioned that about putting so much effort in what would you say how much time would it would you say it takes to get the recording the way you want it to be let's just say one song how long would one song take wow that's a great question um for us since we're not major label you know i i remember hearing one time daughtry spent uh 300 million making his first album i think it was <laughs> we're a little lower on the budget than that <laughs> and and his album sounded you know outstandingly tremendously awesome they can redo a song four thousand times you know to get every single pitch correct and tone right uh for us uh, for one song i would say probably 40 hours hmm. 
that's from beginning to end. That's right. recording, mixing, mastering, editing, everything. Yeah. Well, the reason I'm asking you that is because I think that the average fan, um, the, the average music listener does not realize how much work goes into a song. Right. Um, because they're, people are so quick to criticize, that's for sure. Um, but they have no idea what it takes. You know, um, it's, it's really amazing what, I, what musicians do and what you do is amazing. <laughs> everything um, but what are some of the plans for follower what can we expect from them coming in this next year well honestly we're kind of on hiatus right now as as the entire music world is <laughs> not a lot of live gigs going on um, so we're kind of focusing on other things uh, family and writing and uh, just uh, encouraging people in in other ways <laughs> in real time not on social media um, so that's, your, that's the honest answer. I don't really know what our immediate future is. Uh, obviously, we want to make another album, maybe a Greatest Hits album. We've put out uh, three albums and a fourth album that, that precluded the other three that we don't want to talk about. It doesn't really exist. <laughs> and every band knows what I'm talking about there, too. <laughs> so um, maybe, maybe a compilation thing or something to kind of to get us through these times until we can actually do our thing again. Sad as it is, it, it just hurts not to be able to get out and impact people. Well, that's going to be my question. You know, if you could do something next month, it, it, your choice, get in the studio and record a brand new album or play a concert, play a festival, which would be your, your top priority? Songs are written definitely to get into the studio. And this, I may be unlike most other people, but I love studio time. I love being in the studio and getting a permanent recording of what's in your heart and soul and mind and, and get it accomplished. Uh, it's extremely satisfying. Um, the interaction, obviously, in a show is great. But if I had to pick one, to be honest, I, I, would, I would make music and record it. And, and studio time is just... Uh, it's really hits my heart. I, I love something coming to fruition that God's putting through me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, live concerts. We all love them. Uh, there's an incredible feeling there. There's experience and, but then you drive home and it is. <laughs> exactly. And so, so when you've got that album that you can play again and again and again, 
Exactly. Um, and, and then those songs get in your heart, like you were saying with scripture, you know, really the, the, the music, the rhythms add to that. You listen to that same song a couple hundred times, you know, next thing you know, you've really got that in your heart. So yeah, I, I hear you on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really killing the industry that was already not being in, extremely healthy <laughs> in the first place. anybody out there who is listening to this and they're starting to have that same passion that you did at one time um, and they see the need or and feel the pull to get involved in this industry if you want to use that term uh, as a musician what's what's the number one piece of advice you would give them Follow what God's putting on your heart number one uh, you're gonna have a lot of people, tell you it's not smart <laughs> obviously it's not profitable um you, you just have to have the the desire to do it and it, it just it doesn't matter that we haven't had a number one hit or you know been on massive corporate radio to us um in fact there's negatives to that you know your music can get mightily changed under a major label and things like that that I'm, I'm sure I'm the first person that's ever said that on your show too. <laughs> so just to have the, the gumption to, to follow your heart and do it and do it for the right reasons. I have no question in my mind we're doing it for the, the right reasons. It's, it, if, you're, if you're not doing it for that, I mean, look at, look at all of the bands that have just died out. Uh, I, hate to, I hate to mention too many things but a band like hawk nelson where they you know all of a sudden are questioning whether they they're questioning whether even they're even still christians and stuff and questioning whether they want to follow god well they, you know that's never going to happen with followers <laughs> i can tell you that we're you gotta want to do it for the right reasons and um uh the reward is is, is god will take care of the reward he, he we plant the seeds he 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 waters them and uh he takes it from there. That's what I would tell somebody trying to get into the industry. If you really want to do it, do it. Uh, also, hey, find a good producer. <laughs> uh, we have we have uh, done both both ways. We've had some lousy, obviously, some producers, and uh, we have found it, it makes night and day difference between who is who is producing you and leading you through the process. It's it's incredible how important that is. Thank you. 
the light can make me Followerband.com, is that the best place for people to find? Yeah. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash followerband is almost an easier place to find everything about us. Okay. And uh, if you're there, then of course, you know, give us a like and all that good stuff. But either either place is a, uh, and it'll lead you, it has all the links to Amazon and, and uh, uh, iTunes and other places to, to find the music. We have We have a lot of free stuff out there also for a band for a people to listen to like reverbnation.com forward slash follower band follower band always being one word slammed together two two words slammed together into one so reverb nation check us out there well dean rebhorn ladies and gentlemen and uh, uh this has been a great great time together and we want to thank you for coming on and taking giving the time and sharing your heart with us and we appreciate the inspiration that you give and how you're talking about this and and uh not everybody's saying it in that way but i i the, the final question is this is um when are you dean rebhorn <laughs> going to write the biscuit song that should happen within a few showers Okay, there you go. We got it, folks. We got it. <laughs> Make sure my water's not too hard, and you know, then it'll it'll come out. All right, <laughs> great. 
Maybe I can put reverse osmosis or something in with that, or you know, it's just something water related. Yeah. Every, Chris, every Chris Tomlin song has the word water in it, doesn't it? Yeah, you'll find oh. it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, thank you again for being on the show, show, and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Love you guys. Thank you so much for what you're doing too. People need to hear these things and uh, get into and know that there's Christian rock music out there. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Take care, guys. It was fun to interview Dean Rebhorn about his band Follower. He has a great heart to minister to others through music, so much that he gave up a career to do so. I appreciated his simple faith and how he only desires to go where God leads. Plus, I'm waiting for his hit single, Biscuits on My Face. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review at wildmanandsteve.com. There you will also be able to find out more about all the projects we have going. We will see you next time.